So I've been uh, studying Torah, walking it out here lately, and people in the Christian, mainstream Christian doctrine decide they'd swing and miss with the Roman road. So here it is, the Roman road in context, on the Step Up to the Microphone podcast. So if you don't know what the Roman road is, it is a group of verses they pull out of Romans to tell you that it's okay to be lawless, that you don't have to obey the Bible, because Jesus came to save you and you don't have to obey anything. The verses are Romans 3.23, Romans 6.23, Romans 5.8, Romans 10.13, then Romans 10.9-10. 10, I will read them out and then we'll go over the Roman road. Because it's overcrowded, it's got potholes, and it doesn't lead where you think it leads. Just giving you a heads up. It is not leading where you think. So the first verse, Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I can I agree with that. Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Okay, we got a gift here. The gift of salvation. You better take care of your gift. That's where I'm going to stay right here on that one. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Then Romans 10.13, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Romans 10, 9 through 10. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Okay, we have those verses. But we also have what Paul actually wrote in Romans. And Paul is telling you, point blank in Romans, and we'll get to it, that you have to have a mixture of faith and works. The verses are there. We don't look at them. We decide that, oh, we're just going to ride the Roman road. Well, I'm going to pull up one verse, and then we'll get into the study that I did from Romans, because I didn't put this one in there, and I probably should have. Romans 2, verse 13. For not the hearers of the Torah are just before Elohim, but the doers of the Torah shall be justified. What? Huh? I thought Paul was doing away with all this works stuff. But no. And I have a feeling this was directed at the Gentiles because of the way the Jews were being. That Hey, look, just because you have faith doesn't mean we give up on the Torah. You still have to do the Torah. It is still kind of mandatory for belief. So let's get into this study here. I read these Roman road verses in the mainstream Christian way of thinking, which is out of context and very easy to take out of context without a firm foundation on the quote-unquote Old Testament. Let's just call it what it is, the Tanakh, the original Hebrew scriptures. You cannot read these verses and dismiss the rest of the letter that Paul wrote, which is the problem we are having. They're wanting to dismiss everything Paul wrote in that letter. But to understand Paul, you must know who he was. A Pharisee. Trained under Gamaliel, which was the most... 
He's like the Hercules of Pharisees. He is the Chuck Norris of Pharisees, okay? I'll put it that way. He was raised in a Greek city, so he understood the Greek mindset and knew the Torah in and out. He could probably quote the whole entire Tanakh in and out with no problem. He also called the law a delight. The Torah? What? What? Paul called the Torah a delight? Yes, it's in Romans. Not a burden. He told us to walk in the law out of love, knowing we would screw up, but not intentionally. He quoted the Torah and Psalms quite often to make his points, but without studying those, you will never realize this. He points to the Torah over and over as something that's good. But as Peter warned us, unstable men who don't know the scriptures will pervert them for their own gain. We see the Roman Catholic Church. The Protestant churches have done so with great abandon, putting in place the teachings of men over the teachings of God. <clears throat> now those verses from Peter, 2 Peter 3, 16-17, we will read those verses because it is imperative to understand them, to understand what he's saying. And we'll actually start in verse 15. An account that the long-suffering of Yahuwah is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul also according to the wisdom given unto him, has written unto you. As also in his sephirim, his writings, speaking of them, in them, of these things, in which some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable pervert, as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. Yet ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye, Know these things before, beware, lest ye also, being led away with the error of the lawless, fall from your own steadfastness. So I see something, a pattern, in the New Testament telling you not to be lawless. There is only one law given in the Bible, and that's the Torah. But I will digress, and we'll get back into our study. So, the first verse that they love to pull out of context. Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Well, continue reading the chapter, chapter 3. Paul tells you point blank in no uncertain terms, our faith should establish the Torah, the law, in verse 3.31. Chapter 3, verse 31. Do we then make void the Torah by faith? Never. Yea, we established the Torah. Does that sound like he's doing away with the Torah? Not to me. It sounds like he's saying you are going to need to do the Torah. Now, let's understand the word for faith out of the Hebrew before going on, or else you'll miss the entire point of why I'm walking this out. Why I do the Torah, and why I walked out of Sunday church. The Hebrew word for faith is immunah. Strong's number 530. If you don't have a concordance, get one, or you get on the Bible Hub app or Blue Letter Bible and pull it up. It is an action-oriented word meaning support. This is important because the Western concept of faith places the action on the one you have faith in. <clears throat> so you're being dependent on God in the Western way of thinking. But in the Hebrew, it puts a it puts your faith in a version of support the hebrew word places the action on the one who supports god 
It is not a knowing that God will act, but rather I will do what I can to support God. So you, in the Hebrew way of thinking, you obeying the Torah helps God to keep balance in the world, okay? That's how I'm going to put this. Hopefully you understand what I'm getting at. And you can go to ancient-hebrew.org and you can pull up the definitions for these. He does a really good job at defining these words. And then we have Romans 5, 8. But Elohim commends his love toward us, that while we were yet sinners, Mashiach died for us. Mashiach is Christ. That's Romans 5, 8. Now we have to define what the Bible defines as sin. Luckily, the Apostle John, you know the one that says, He's just the love apostle. Well, this might be kind of mean coming from John. But he defines it for us quite clearly. Whosoever commits sin transgresses also the Torah. For sin is the transgression of the Torah. Huh? I thought the Torah was done away with. Now, in your Bible, it might say law. But the law is the Torah, right? The instructions for life. So Romans 5, 8 is pointing to the fact that we should not be transgressing the Torah anymore because Messiah took on that burden of death for us. He took on the burden of death for you. So why are you sinning still? Why are you deciding to put up your Christmas tree? Why are you deciding to eat that ham sandwich? I mean, seriously. Um, what's up? Then we have Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of Elohim is eternal life through Yahusha HaMashiach, our Adonai. For those that don't know who Yahushua HaMashiach is, that's Jesus Christ, our Lord. Okay, so the curse of the transgression of the law is death. Well, if you're breaking the law, then you're going to die, right? You have a punishment for it. If you went and you decided to go 100 miles per hour in a 50 mile per hour speeding zone, you got a ticket for it, you would have transgressed the law, right? You go, you're under the law because you got the ticket. You go pay it off. Now you are no longer under the law. You have paid your ticket. Right? Well, that's what... what When you transgress the Torah, you're under the law. You have to pay your penalty. If you don't pay your penalty, then... <clears throat> what's the point of the law? What's the point of having a path to righteousness if there's no penalty to pay? Seriously. We seriously have to look at how we're reading the Bible. We take so much out of context when it's so easy and point blank in our face because we're choosing darkness over light. Now, if you haven't studied the front of your Bible, this is going to blow your mind. Deuteronomy 18:15 through 19 tells you you have to listen to the prophet like Moses. Well, who do we know the prophet like Moses to be? Uh, be y'all call him Jesus? And Jesus told us to do the law. We'll get into that here in a second. But listen to these verses. Yahuwah Elohika, that be God, will raise unto you a prophet from the midst of you, of your brethren, like unto me. Unto him ye shall hearken. That means you should listen. According to all that you desired of Yahuwah Elohika in Horeb, that be Mount Sinai, in the day of the assembly, saying, Let me not hear again the voice of 
of Yahuwah Elohai, neither let me see this great fire any more that I die not. And Yahuwah said unto me, They have spoken well that which they have spoken. I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren, like unto you, and I will put words, put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak unto them all that I command him. And it shall come to pass that whosoever will not hearken unto my words, which he shall speak in my name, I will require of him. He, that means you're going to be judged because you did not listen. You're supposed to listen to what the Messiah said. I mean, and we were told at least twice the Torah will not pass away, that you're supposed to be doing it straight from his mouth. It's not going to pass away just because we nailed him to the cross. In fact, we are told it will be in effect until heaven and earth pass away, people. I'm not making this up. It's in your Bible. Go look it up. Like I said, test me. You should be testing everyone that teaches you scripture. If you don't, you're not doing your job. You're required to test anyone that is speaking scripture to you. If not, you are failing. But here's the verses right here from Matthew 5, 17 through 20. Think not that I come to destroy the Torah or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For I mean, I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one yod or one tittle, and shall in no wise pass from the Torah. So, Nothing will pass from the written law, from the written word, till all be fulfilled. Whoever shall break one of the least commandments, and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say unto you, that except your righteousness shall succeed, exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, Ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. So at least the scribes and Pharisees were keeping most of the Torah. They weren't doing it in the right heart. But they weren't sitting there going to eating ham sandwiches, meeting on Sundays, and not doing the feast. They were at least doing that. They were wearing their zitzits for sure. Then we got Luke sixteen seventeen. It is easier for heaven and earth to pass than one tittle of the Torah to fail. It is easier for, for the universe to explode than for the Torah to fail. That means it's pretty much locked in for eternity, people. These are words out of our Messiah's mouth. I'm not making this up. I wish I were, but I'm not. This is how it is. I'm going to tell you, just for me doing it, I changed my diet. Me having diverticulosis, changing my diet, has helped tremendously. I'm eating the way that I'm told to out of the Bible. I'm eating more vegetables and legumes, and it's just amazing what can be done. I've cut out the pork, I've cut out the shellfish, i cut out the catfish. I used to love that stuff. But is it really worth it? I mean, I'm just looking at what it did to my body. And then you add on the fact that Scripture tells you not to eat it. Well, I think I'll just stay away from eating it from now on. But let's look at Revelation 12, 17 and 22, 14 real quick. Revelation 12, 17. And the dragon was wroth with a woman and went to make the war with the remnant of her seed, which guard the commandments of Elohim and have the testimony of Yahusha HaMashiach. 
do what? The remnant of her seed are the ones that guard the commandments of God and have testimony of Christ, of Messiah. So Revelation 22:14. And pay attention to this verse. They don't teach this verse in Sunday church. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they might have the right to the tree of life, and may enter in through the gates into the city. That city is New Jerusalem, heaven. If you want to call it heaven, call it heaven. It's New Jerusalem. That's the city you'll be entering in after judgment. New Jerusalem. Seriously. I'm telling you, just go ahead and look all this stuff up. Study it. The city is heaven, so that's New Jerusalem, and that's where we're all trying to go, right? Also, the tree of life is how we become immortal. So it's saying the commandments need to be done, but I'm going to tell you this right now. We do them out of love, not duty. You do them out of love. John 14, 15 through 17 tells you if you love him, you'll do his commandments. You'll obey him, right? So let's obey him. Romans 10, 9 through 13, another good one they love to use in this whole Roman road fiasco. And I don't know why you'd want to go on a road to Rome when Messiah's coming down in Israel. That makes no sense to me. Well, you know, whatever. So here's the verses, Romans 10, 9 through 13. That if you shall confess with your mouth Adonai Yahusha, and shall believe in your heart that Elohim has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness. Unto what? Righteousness. Well, how do, how do you obtain righteousness? You obey. And with the mouth confession is made unto Yeshua. Salvation. For the scripture says, Whosoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Yehudi and the Yavani, for the same, Yahuwah over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whoever shall call upon the name of Yahuwah shall be saved. Huh. I thought they had to call the name of Jesus according to the church. No, it says the name of Yahuwah. So this goes back to, guess what? They took the name of Yahuwah out of your Bible. They tricked you. They deceived you The Roman, onto the Roman road. I'm not trying to to say anything that's not true. Look it up. But let's look at the Hebrew word belief. It's also action-oriented. Below is a link. I've got a link that will be in this study. To understand what's being said, it means to stand firm. So belief leads to faith. Then your belief should lead to standing firm in supporting God and Yahusha and obeying all of the commands that you can do. You can't do all of them. Even Yahushua didn't do all of them while walking amongst men. There are literally commands for women, commands for Levites, commands for men, commands for animals, commands for farmers, commands for children. You can't do all of them. If you're a he-she, then we have a problem. Now, I would not go into this depth on these verses unless I cared. I actually care about people. I don't want you sitting there and not getting to partake in the tree of life. Seriously. 
I don't want you to sit there and not be able to enter the city either. There will be many that don't because they buy into this lawlessness. I mean, y'all seriously need to look up what's going on in the world. They're getting ready to merge Christianity and Islam together, people. I don't make this stuff up. That's what the Roman road is going to lead to, this one world religion. So if you're cherry-picking verses and not getting the context and coming back at people like me who just want to love on our Messiah and love on the Father and obey like they ask, you want to scream and holler at us and call us Judaizers and tell us that we're going to hell because of it. I'm asking you, please pick up your Bible. Dust off the Old Testament. It's probably covered in cat hair, dust, leftovers, because you haven't read it. You haven't studied it out. You probably haven't studied out your New Testament very much either, or you're skipping over the verses you don't like because you've been told that's for the Jews. Or Jesus was only talking to the Jews, so they're the only ones that have to keep the law. No, he was talking to a tribe of Israel. When you come into belief in Messiah, you are Israel. You're not a Christian. You're not whatever else you want to call yourself. You are a Hebrew Israelite. You have crossed over from the ways of man into the ways of God. You've crossed over. So you are Israel, people. So it took me almost a year to get to this point. I'm just telling y'all. I'm not perfect. I'm not nowhere near where I need to be. I should have been on this path 10 years ago. But no, I was playing the harlot. But through diligent study and reading my Bible, the Holy Spirit led me to people who could care less about theology and more about, are we walking on the path set forth in the entire Bible? Are you on the path to New Jerusalem, or are you on the Roman road full of potholes, and bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic, because no one, for some reason, no one wants to go to the New Jerusalem. They want to go to this heaven place that the Roman road pe people on the Roman road are headed to. So, which road are you headed on? Are you headed towards New Jerusalem or the Rome? You choose. So, dust off your Bibles, read them, study them. Have a good day.